0: Alright, good morning everybody. I want to welcome all of you here today, but before I say anything else, I have to comment on the video that we just saw. Now, that was a cute little kid taking his first steps, but I want you to know that wasn't just some random stock footage, baby. We got that old home video from someone who is well known here at Plum Creek. Anybody know who that might have been? That baby was a very young Troy Mower. pretty cute kid. It was a long road from those first steps to becoming our worship minister here, but we are so glad that Troy and Lori are here at Plum Creek. And watching those baby steps is a great introduction to the series that we're starting today. The series is called Next Steps, and it's based on a conviction that we have around here. We believe that everyone has a next step to take, God is calling each one of us to take some kind of step closer to Jesus. Our prayer is that God will use Plum Creek to help people take their next step. And this isn't just a a side project for the church. This is the mission of the church. It all goes back to what Jesus said shortly before He left this world to return to heaven. Here's what we read in Matthew 28, starting with verse 18. Jesus came to them and said, "...all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age." So, what did Jesus tell His followers to do? He said, "'Go out and make disciples.'" Now, a disciple is someone who releases control of their own life in order to follow Jesus. When you cross that line and when you become a disciple of Jesus, you get out of the driver's seat and you put him in charge. When Jesus tells you to do something, you do it. When Jesus tells you to go somewhere, you go. But now, that's a very different understanding of Christianity compared to a common approach that we see in our world today. As we look around today, we see a lot of folks who have embraced something that we could call cultural Christianity. With cultural Christianity, you don't necessarily allow Jesus to lead you in your everyday life. Cultural Christians have decided, "Eh, it's not really that important to actually do what Jesus says. They're not very interested in hearing what Jesus would teach about money or sex or how to handle difficult relationships. Cultural Christians may have been born into a Christian family, or or they just accept the Christian label by default, or they may even point back to some time in the past when they accepted Christ into their heart. And by the way, Jesus never asked anyone to do that. But the reality is Cultural Christians have not really become disciples of Jesus because they're still running their own lives. Now, let's take that mindset of cultural Christianity and contrast it with what Jesus actually said. In Luke chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus said, "'Whoever wants to be My disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily.'" and follow me. Now, there are several things in that verse that a cultural Christian would avoid like the plague, especially that part in the middle there. Like, wow, deny myself? That sounds like doing things that I don't feel like doing. I'm not sure I'm interested in that. And taking up my cross, that's no better, especially when you think about what it meant for Jesus to take up his cross. So, surely God is not asking me to do these things. That can't be what it's about cultural Christian will either ignore or explain away the challenging parts of following Jesus. There's no question about it. Becoming a disciple of Jesus and living as a disciple of Jesus is, by definition, very challenging on a daily basis. And don't get me wrong, it's rewarding, it's freeing, it's fulfilling, and there's absolutely no better life you could ever live, but it is Challenging. Following Jesus involves continually taking steps closer to Him. And as you take those steps, you will change. You'll become different than the person you used to be. That's why the mission of Plum Creek is leading people to a life changing relationship with Jesus. If there's no life change, then there's been some kind of disconnect somewhere. So let me be clear. Plum Creek is not interested in growing a church full of cultural Christians. That's not what Jesus asked us to do. However, we are extremely interested and very passionate about making disciples of Jesus. That's been a focus of our church from the beginning. But especially here in 2018, we've called this our year of discipleship. And discipleship is the focus of this series. Over the next few weeks, I'm praying that God will use our church to make disciples of Jesus and grow disciples of Jesus. I'm praying that all of us will identify the next step that God is calling us to take, and then we'll go ahead and take it. Now, I'm not leaving anybody out here. I'm including myself in this, and I'm also including you, whoever you are, wherever you are, in your... Life with Christ, I, there is a step to take. So, today is going to be sort of an overview of this idea. Uh, before we're done this morning, I'm going to give you a whole range of possibilities of what your next step may be. And it could be that God will clarify in the next few minutes exactly what He wants you to do right now. It could also be that it'll take a while to determine what your next step is. Either way, though, we want to start making progress. And before we go any further, I want to help you visualize this journey of following Jesus. I want to bring back something we did several years ago. We're going to use this entire stage as a map. And it doesn't matter who you are. You should be able to find yourself somewhere on this map. So the first point of reference that I want to mention is this door over here. It starts with a door. This represents... The initial phase of becoming a follower or a disciple of Jesus. And it's no accident that that we're using a door. That comes from the words of Jesus himself in John chapter 10, verse 9. He said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. So, what does Jesus mean when he says, I am the door? Well, we need to understand the context of this chapter, John chapter 10. In this passage, Jesus is using a shepherding analogy. He refers to himself as the good shepherd, and then all of us would be the sheep. And when he calls himself the door, he's he's basically saying, hey, if you want to get back to God, if you want to get to a place of real safety and security, if you want to be in God's presence and God's care for eternity, the only way to get there is through me. It's very similar to what Jesus says a few chapters later in John chapter 14, verse 6. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So already you should be starting to see where you are on this map. If you have not yet become a follower of Jesus, you're you're somewhere over on the other side of that door, And, and that tells you what your next step could be. Maybe your next step is walking through the door, or at least considering whether or not you should walk through the door. But for many of us, we've already taken that step. We've become disciples, and that means we're somewhere here in the middle of this stage. And there's a lot that we can say about this middle section, the middle part of the journey of following Jesus. But let's look down the road for a second. Before you decide to follow anyone, You want to know where they're going, right? You you want to know what the destination is. So let's ask that question. When we decide to follow Jesus, where are we going? What is the goal? Well, you can see the destination over on the other side of the stage. We've set up a cross over here because the destination is Jesus himself. There's two ways to think about this. First is the short-term goal, the destination of being like Jesus. That's what we're moving toward Once you enter the door and you're making progress in this direction, you should be looking more and more like Jesus. And I think you understand I don't mean physically looking like Jesus, no need to put on a robe and grow a beard. We're talking about spiritually, taking on the character of Jesus. Your thoughts and your words and your actions should resemble Jesus more and more as time goes by. So, that's the short-term goal, being like Jesus. That's what you're moving toward. But then there's also the long-term goal of being with Jesus. Now, that doesn't happen until this life is over, but in the end, that's what all of us really want. We want to be with Jesus, even those people who aren't really interested in God right now, Don't have a conscious awareness of this desire. It's in all of us. God put that in all of us. We want to be with Jesus forever. Now I need to pause and mention a common mistake that we really want to avoid. Many people take those first few baby steps, enter the door, and then stop. Hang out right in this area here because they're waiting for that long-term goal of being with Jesus, but they're not giving much attention to the short-term goal of being like Jesus. Now, from God's perspective, that's tragic. That's not at all what He has in mind for us because there's so much that God wants to do in you and through you right now. He's got a step right in front of you. He wants you to take it. He wants you to trust Him you got to seek it out, though. You, you've got to ask him, what, what is that step? You've got to identify it, and then you've got to have the boldness to make a move. So we've laid out this basic map. Now it's time to go back and zoom in a little. Let's list a few specific steps. First, let's talk about the steps associated with walking through this door. And, you know, before you get to that point, when you're somewhere over here, Uh, There are all kinds of reasons why someone has not gone through the door yet. A common one is doubt. Someone may have doubts about God, doubts about the Bible, doubts about Jesus himself, or they may just have a hard time letting go, letting go of control and putting Jesus in the driver's seat. And I, I realize some people in this room may be over here on this side of the door, And I want you to know, you are welcome here at Plum Creek as you consider what you're going to do with Jesus. But I would also encourage you, don't be content to just drag your feet and keep stalling and waiting to make this decision because you have no idea how many days God will give you in this life. Today may be the last one. We just don't know. And you don't want to reach the end of this life on the outside of this door. But let's say you're ready. You're you're ready to walk through, become a follower, a disciple of Jesus. Uh, What does that involve? How do you move forward? Well, like we mentioned last week, God is looking for faith. That's what we read in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God. It's not by works. It's not by trying to be good enough. not by trying to measure up. It's not by works. So that no one can boast. We're saved by grace through faith. But then what does that faith look like? Well, it's important to understand that putting your faith in Jesus means putting your trust in Him. You're not going to give Him the driver's seat if you don't trust Him. And in the New Testament we see four common responses of faith, four common actions that indicate that a person's faith is really genuine. They're for real. The first one is belief. In this step, you're saying, yes, I believe. I believe that the Bible tells the truth about Jesus. Jesus is who the Bible says He is. The second indication of faith is confession. That's when you confess or declare that Jesus is your Lord, your Master, your Savior. You're making a statement that now He's in charge. You belong to Him. Both of these steps of faith are laid out in Romans chapter 10, where it says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So, there's belief, and there's confession, but then there's also repentance, When you repent, you turn away from sin, turn away from your old life, and you turn toward God. You stop doing those things that go against God's will, and you start doing the things that are in line with His will. And then there's one more action that we see in the New Testament as someone enters through this door, and and that's baptism. In this step, a person is baptized, immersed in water, and that's an indication of the death of an old life and the beginning of a new life in Christ. Remember, Jesus told his followers to go out and make disciples, and he said to baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then the apostle Peter also commanded this on the day that the church started. In Acts chapter 2, there was a crowd of people. They they wanted to step through the door. They wanted to get right with God. And and what did he say? Peter told them, repent, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And you see there we've got both of those last two steps in this one verse, to repent, to be baptized. So these are four indications of faith in Jesus. But I need to pause for just a moment on baptism. Our church gets a lot of questions on this topic because many people are coming from uh, different churches where baptism is viewed in all kinds of ways. Now, let me just say, the goal here at Plum Creek is just to follow the Bible as closely as possible on this subject and every other subject. And if you read the Bible and you set aside all those later interpretations that have risen up over the centuries, it's actually very straightforward. In Romans chapter 6, the Apostle Apostle Paul explains that when you're baptized, you are kind of playing the part of Jesus. Jesus. Just like when he died on the cross and he was buried in a tomb, a person who was baptized is dying to their old sinful life and they're buried in the water. And just like Jesus rose from the dead and walked out of that tomb and had new life, a person who is baptized is raised up out of the water and they live a new life in Christ. It's a beautiful picture. And this was the normal way for believers to mark their new life in Christ. Now, the original Greek word for baptism means to dip or to immerse, and that's why we practice baptism by immersion here. And in the New Testament, the normal pattern was that a person was baptized when they were old enough to put their faith in Jesus, and that's why we don't baptize babies here. This action was associated with a person's decision to step through the door. Now, just to clarify, Some people overemphasize baptism and and talk as if this action is what saves you. That's not biblical, though. Baptism doesn't save you. Jesus does. At the same time, though, other people are so worried that baptism is going to undermine grace, they, they just hardly mention it at all. But honestly, All we want to do here is emphasize baptism on the same level that Scripture does, and there's no question. It would be impossible to look at the Bible, and especially the book of Acts, and in good conscience say that baptism really isn't important. Clearly it is. So those are the steps associated with with walking through this door, but we can't stop there. Like we said, once we've moved through to this side over here, we don't just camp out. So how do we make progress? How do we move toward this goal of being like Jesus and ultimately being with Jesus? Well, the first thing to remember is you make progress by the Holy Spirit's power. The Holy Spirit living inside of you, transforming you from the inside out. The ability to change comes from the Holy Spirit. But the Spirit will lead you to take specific steps that will help you grow. Very quickly, let me give you a list of actions that we see in Scripture among growing followers of Jesus. Number one, growing followers of Jesus worship regularly. It's a priority. This is one of those disciplines we talked about a few months ago in our Habits series. In fact, several things on this list were a part of that series. But in this step, you you place a high value on coming together to worship like we do here on Sundays. When you take this step, you don't just let trivial things get in the way of coming together with the church. Number two is taking the step to connect with God. You spend time with God every day in Scripture and in prayer. Number three is you learn to live differently, and this is probably the broadest of these particular steps Uh, It means that you not only live differently than the person you used to be, you're also living differently than the world around you. And each one of us has a unique area where God is saying, hey, some things need to change here. Number four is you seek out other believers and you do life together. And we're going to talk more about this one next week because next Sunday is when we start sign-ups for our life groups. Number five is taking the step to give generously. We're not living like Jesus if if we're not giving in a sacrificial way. And that refers to finances, of course, but also giving of our time and our talents. And uh, speaking of that, step number six is to serve others. That's where you you get involved in ministry. You humble yourself and you meet the needs of others in, in all kinds of ways. The last step I'll mention right now is to reach out to your one. Now, this language may be unfamiliar to some of you, but it's really pretty simple. As we read earlier, Jesus called his disciples to go out and make more disciples. That's still true today. If you are currently a follower of Jesus, God is calling you to be an influence in the life of someone else who needs Jesus. Over the past couple of years at Plum Creek, we've, we've talked a lot about praying for your one. When you pray for one, you just go to God and you ask, Lord, who is it that I can show your love to today? Many of us have identified that one specific person, that one person that God has placed in our path, and we're praying for opportunities to point that person to Jesus. So we've listed a bunch of steps here, and I'm guessing we've already hit on something that applies to you. So let me ask, do you know what your step is? two phases here. First, you, you identify your step, and, and second, you go ahead and take it. God is leading you to take some kind of step, and I want you to know it's, it's very common to have feelings of hesitation, but it's also very possible to let God help you get past your hesitation. I want to share an example of two people here at Plum Creek who have recently taken steps. Let's watch this video together.
1: My name is Linda Cross, and I have been attending Plum Creek for about two and a half years. Um, My husband passed uh, three years ago, and after he passed, I decided that I wanted something more than the church that uh, he and I had attended. My friend, uh, Angie Perkins, talked to me about it, and so she said, I'll sit with you the first Sunday, and she did. And I'm sure I look like a deer in headlights because I was used to the Catholic Church. (laughs) And it's much, much different here. And um, I thought I would give, uh, this sounds funny, I would give people uh, about three or four Sundays and see how I liked it. And um, I didn't have to look any further. I decided that this would be the church that I wanted to attend. It was really different to come here. I had talked to Nancy, who I work with, and we both decided that there were things in the series that you were talking about that we would say, did you know that? And she would say, no, I didn't know that. Did you know? I'm going, no, I didn't know that either. And it was um, a really enlightening or education, I guess an education, I don't know how else to say it, but it was, it was very different and i just really enjoyed coming it 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 feels wrong if i don't if i have to miss a sunday uh, for whatever reason i it, it doesn't set up the week right i had been baptized as a baby and i said that was enough and the farther I got into it, uh, Troy talked to me and talked to me and talked to me. And um, I said, I can't, I, can't, I can't do that in front of people. I could, I could not do that. And um, I have a kind of an unreasonable fear of water. And I said, well, I, I'm sorry, I just can't do that. You're just gonna have to take me as I am. And he talked to me some more. And he <laughs> said, can we do it in a pool? And I said, Maybe, (laughs) and it was a long time before I could come around to talking myself into that because it was, it wasn't the baptism, it was going underwater that was really hard for me. But he talked to me and uh, we did it in Rick's pool and um, it it worked out fine. I was able to talk myself into that and, and go under the water. It made me feel new. I don't know how else to say it. It made me feel new. I didn't think it would, but it did. It really did. I I felt like a different person.
2: I'm Nancy Sider, and I have been coming to Plum Creek for a year. And I am a new member. As of two weeks ago, I was re-baptized. I was raised as a Baptist. Loved it. And when I got married, my husband was Catholic. And we both decided at the time that we would raise our children together in one church. So naturally I changed. So my friend Linda came to me and we've been talking about the differences between the Catholic Church and that because she knew I was not happy. So we weren't attending church that often. She told me that you were going to study the book, the story. And I was all for that. So she got me a book. I came and sat with her that first Sunday. We started the book, and I've been hooked ever since. There was things that we read in the book that the story, we never knew. And, you know, I I things to be a Christian. And there were simple things that I didn't know that. Did you know that we didn't know that? And that's just really started it. And I got to thinking that if there's just these little things I don't know, what else don't I know? So it's been a blessing to me. It really has. I've cherished it. So I am proud to be here. I'm proud to be newly immersed and sprinkled. That became very, very important to me, that I be immersed and be baptized. I'm going to ask you to repeat after me, okay? Okay. I believe, I believe, that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the Living God, the Son of the Living God, and my personal Savior. And my personal Savior. Oh, fantastic. Amen. Amen. <laughs> upon, upon that confession, mm-hmm. I'm going to baptize you in the name of the Father, the, the Son, of the and the Holy
0: Spirit. Yeah. And Amen. Re- and the remission of sins will be given to you, and eternal life will also. So
2: My favorite song is, I am redeemed,
1: so something. <laughs> Here we go. Congratulations. Oh, no. <laughs> Thank you. Praise Thank the Lord.
2: You, you are well. And being baptized and coming up out of the water, I did feel different. I felt lighter. I felt happier. And that was truly a, a rebirth for me. It was another birthday. That's what Rick told me. You know, as of today, you are born
1: again. And I believe that. I do. But To come to a new church, to, to put yourself out there, that is a scary thing. But you have to do that. And uh, once you make the commitment, God leads you. And um, like she said, this has been such a welcoming church. Even though I knew a lot of people when I first came here. I mean, all kinds of people came up. The first couple Sundays I was here, and gave me hugs. And I'm so glad you're here and, and everything. And I never expected that, ever. That didn't even happen to a church that I went to for 35 years. (laughs) So um, it's just a different atmosphere here. And I think for people, new people, or people like you said, that are kind of on the cusp of things, I think um, we have a really good chance of um, showing them. And we do show them what kind of people we are here and, and that we really want them here. And we want them to have the new,
0: uh, an exciting uh, life with Jesus. It's been great to see God working in Linda's life and in Nancy's life. And I love what Linda said at the end. Did you catch that? She started talking about people who aren't here yet. And if Plum Creek is going to be effective at accomplishing the mission that God has given us, we can never forget about those who aren't here yet. All over northern Kentucky, we, we encounter people who need a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Like Linda, like Linda said, we, we care about these people. We, we want them to have this new and exciting life with Jesus. So we're doing our best to be intentional about this, and that shows up in, in several different ways. First, we pray that God would use us to be a witness wherever we are, whether that's at work or at school or in our neighborhoods or with family members. We also want to look for opportunities to invite people to join us here at Plum Creek. We can invite them to special events like the Taste of Plum Creek that's coming back this fall. We can also invite them to join us here on Sunday mornings. And when they get here, we want them to find an environment where they feel very welcome and they get all the help they need to take their next step. Starting this week, we're launching two initiatives, new initiatives with this goal in mind. First, we know that some people like to be sort of anonymous as they first start visiting a church. So we've established a baby step that's about as easy as they come. Starting right now, we're inviting visitors to text the word here to this number, 22383. And when they do that, we'll send them a link to a video from me welcoming them and explaining how they can get more connected here at Plum Creek whenever they're ready. So, I encourage you to try this out today for yourself, but uh, if you don't mind, wait till after the service. Uh, the second initiative we're launching is the opening of our Connection Cafe. Now, I don't know if you've been aware of it, but one of our classrooms has been completely renovated as a place to welcome visitors and help them take their next step. So, uh, the door at the back of this room, right there, it's, uh, you can see a light on there. That leads straight to the cafe. And from, from now on, we'll be inviting visitors to stop by this room after service where they'll meet friendly people and they'll get their questions answered. Now, we want everyone to know about the Connection Cafe because in the coming weeks and months, you'll meet new visitors or you'll invite people who will come with you and you can also encourage them to go to the cafe after service. Now, today is the soft launch of this environment, so uh, everybody is welcome to walk through this room after we dismiss here in a few minutes. I think it looks amazing, and and let me just thank everyone who has worked on this project, and and let me thank all of you who give financially to, to make things like this possible. This is just a part of who we are at Plum Creek. We're committed to be A church that's used by God, not to make cultural Christians, but to make real disciples of Jesus. A church that is full of people taking their next step is a church that God will use to do great things. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, um, you know what this life is like for us. We get uh, busy We get tired, we get distracted, we get frustrated, we get tempted, and Lord, because of all those things, sometimes we uh, neglect your call to take our next step. But Lord, I I pray that uh, you will help us focus on you, focus on what's eternal, what's going to last forever, because so many of the things that hold us back aren't about what's eternal. They're just temporary things. So, Lord, help us to live with this perspective of eternity. Help us to to be clear on what you're calling us to do. And then I pray that you'll give us the boldness to take our next step, whatever that may be. I pray that for everyone in this room right now. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.